Welcome to the Recovering Entrepreneur Show, Ashley. How are you today? Thank you. I'm good. I feel like today might be one of those recovering days. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Today's been, it felt like a Monday to me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I don't even, is today Monday? I don't even know what day. I don't think it's Monday anymore, is it? It's not. No. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're good. It's, it's Tuesday. That, but you know what? That's a very much reality of, of being an entrepreneur. Sometimes you, the days just, the days just are all the same. Yeah. Very different, but they all just kind of become one big day. It's true. It's probably because we're working on the weekends and everything's going by so fast. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, I'm happy to have you here. I would love if you would share with our audience a little about yourself, both on the personal and the professional side. Sure. So um, I am a survivor of corporate America. I've been in it for 13 years, but before that, um, I grew up in a small town in North Texas and really close to the Oklahoma border, but the Texan in me says still very much Texas. And so um, I just grew up and in a small town um, doing theater and, you know, I was your classic overachiever involved in everything um, that I could get my hands on. And uh, whenever I was Gosh, when I was about 10 years old, my dad moved overseas and um, moved to Thailand. And so uh, international travel became a very big part of my life from like age 12 on was my first time over. And so it was kind of this really cool fairy tale, kind of um, like a Cinderella type um, type life where in the, you know, in the school year, it was small town Ashley. And in the summer, we would go and like ride elephants and climb on temples and like go and explore these really neat really cool places and then come back and then do, you know, have like theater and do homework and all this, you know, all these things. Um, so it was really cool. Um, but you know, then I went to school, went into business school, entered in corporate America, did a bunch of, um, jobs throughout, uh, throughout my time there, worked for some amazing companies, um, realized that I wanted a different experience. And so I, um, kind of dove, head first into being an entrepreneur. And it's been, it's been an amazing, um, eye opening, very much learning curve kind of, you know, you're, you're building the plane while flying it in a lot of ways as an entrepreneur. And so, yeah, it's been a cool. That's a great way to put it. I'm, I'm going to actually be obnoxious. And, and as we talked about before we got on, I don't know when this is going to air, but I saw something really disturbing today and I went to Thailand earlier this year. And one of the places is um, like sanctuary for elephants and stuff. And because of COVID, the tourist stuff isn't there and everything is snowballing. So they're doing a, a GoFundMe page. So I'm just giving a shout out to anybody who's listening, like take care of the elephants, especially the cute ones in Thailand. So you just triggered that in me. <laughs> yeah. My, my dad was, uh, he and I have talked quite a bit about how Thailand is handling, you know, the, the pandemic and, and you're right. They've, they've largely closed their borders and, um, they're in the, what they're trying to do is encourage domestic tourism. So trying to get people to move kind of within the country, uh, understanding that right now it's not, it's just not a safe time period at the time of this recording. It's just not safe enough to open up to, to tourists. But, um, and it's funny you mentioned elephants because they were actually in Northern Thailand this past weekend and where they stayed, um, overlooked like a, this, it was kind of set in the jungle and um, they would look out and have like, you know, their morning coffee and just see elephants out walking. And I think they were close to one of the, the elephant sanctuaries and it's just, they're just, they're beautiful creatures. 
like massive, powerful creatures, but, but really neat to, to see. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to all the organizations who are taking care of all the animals. Yes. I know I should be shouting out for people, but we do that on other days. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I love that you come from corporate America and I'm curious, was there certain skills that did like that you were able to take with you into entrepreneurial world or certain skills that like you had to leave behind? Like, what did that look like for you? Cause I'm finding significant differences <laughs> to say the least. There are, there are. So, um, the, the things that I think benefited me. So my background uh, ended up being pretty diverse. So I went from supply chain to, um, to sales and analytics and, you know, with marketing. So I, I did quite a bit of cross-functional stuff. And so um, what I took with me was like my love of process and being organized and efficient and thinking things through and being very thorough, which I gained all from like my supply chain days. Um, but then, you know, some of the skills I learned from like read my retail storytelling uh, experiences and those positions that I had where I was crafting content. So for me specifically, I'm a copywriter and a content marketer. So um, the skills that I learned transferred very nicely over um, from my last several years in corporate to, to copywriting. The difference being when I was at corporate, I was writing from a manufacturer to a retailer level. And now I'm writing largely either business to business or largely business to consumer. Um, so it's kind of some mindset shifting that, that happens. Um, also, you know, when you're writing sales material and corporate for it to go in and you're selling in a product to a retailer, um, you structure how those look and those conversations very differently as a copywriter. If things like, you know, you're, you're writing website, copy blogs, Facebook ads, um, like product descriptions, video sales letters, you're doing things that, that normal everyday people interact with more. And so, um, I would, I, I would say what didn't transfer over or what I've, what I've had to, to learn and, um, kind of expand my understanding on is the psychology piece of, of the consumer versus like in corporate, I was a little bit further back. So it was understanding psychology of like the retailer. Um, I would say also, so quite a, some of the, some of the disciplines and kind of your approach could transfer, but, um, I think, you know, shifting into an entrepreneurial mindset is very different than whenever you're working for someone for a company where they determine your objectives, they determine, they set the vision and you're part of that, but you're not the vision caster. You're like one of the cogs in the wheel that like helps to push that vision forward. But when you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, like in my case, um, or your team is like, you know, you're working with contractors or other freelancers as part of like a part-time team. It's a totally different, like it's a totally different mindset to, to vision cast for your own company and, and handle all of the, you know, the day to day you have to, you have to wear like a million hats and know how to budget your time and move, you know, yourself forward. And there's just like this tsunami wave that you can get kind of caught up in as an entrepreneur. If you're not, if you're not careful, and even if you are careful, you just, you can, be in that wave. So yeah. some differences, but some like some very big differences, some similarities. You brought, up, you brought up some great points and I know I'm supposed to be interviewing you, but you got me thinking about a couple of things. So I guess I'm just in a chatty <laughs> mood tonight. The thing you said about the difference in your audience when copywriting, I found that interesting. Part of why I named the show, Reco you know, recovery entrepreneur has to do with the fact that I'm in recovery and it's part of who I am, right? 
And in recovery, we're supposed to feel and cry and do the things. And in corporate America, you couldn't do the things. You couldn't be an emotional human being. You couldn't really be a, you're more like a cog. And I thought that that was kind of what you were saying when you said, you know, writing to the retailers was probably a lot more formal. That's what I'm picturing in my head, formal and professional. It's about the dollars, right? Like they, you know, they care about, is it going to grow their category? Is it, you know, going to make, make be profitable for them? Is it going to be, um, you know, is it going to bring in new shoppers, things like that. But consumer, when you're writing to a consumer, you're spot on. You have to be able to emotionally connect. You have to understand their pain points and be able to, um, to show them that you, you understand and you can relate to those pain points. And you also have a way to help alleviate those, you know, but you're right. Like in corporate, it's, um, I've had to, and it's probably, it's still going on. And I'm still kind of figuring out kind of how to, to move through it, but how do you go from an environment where the emotion is not exactly welcomed to copywriting where emotion is very much part of a very much part of it, you know, and I've gotten feedback from being caught co from uh, copywriting or from whenever I've spoken on other uh, platforms that, that I'm so structured and, and it was wonderful feedback to get that because that's, that's how I've been like trained and raised up in corporate is you're structured, you know, you tell them what you're going to tell them, you tell them, you tell them what you told them. You don't have emotions. You have to check your face. The last couple of years in corporate in my performance reviews, I would get feedback like, Ashley, you got to watch your face. I'm like, if y'all quit doing stupid stuff, wouldn't have to watch my face. <laughs> but just your, your, it's um, executive presence and executive presence is critical. It's and it's crucial. Um, but when taken too far as it, from a copywriting perspective, it can interfere with being able to relate to your audience. So it's kind of a, it's a catch, right? Like how do you, still have that part of you, but then develop this executive presence side. It's, it's tough. Well, the other thing I just heard my interpretation is it's almost like you landed in entrepreneurship. So you could have fun and you could show up and show the world who Ashley was, right? Like you, you, you got the handcuffs off. Well, I, I found that, you know, and I had some amazing experiences in corporate and I learned a ton and I had like some of my bosses are, are the best. Like I got really lucky with working for some amazing bosses. Um, but the tail end of it ended up being, um, pretty, it became pretty unhealthy for me. The company I was with went through some mergers and, and, um, there's just, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of what was involved and my body was, it just got tired of carrying the stress and the, it became very toxic for me. I was, I started to get sick a lot more. Like, um, my last year in corporate, you know, I got bronchitis four times, the flu and I got pneumonia and it was right around the time when I got, and all that was in like one calendar year. And right around the time I got pneumonia was when I'm like, there has to be, there has to be another way. Like I can't, my body is, is, um, like I can't, my mind can't override my body anymore. I have to listen. And it, it became very clear. I needed to get out that one of the, um, or at least take like, I needed to get, I needed to get out of that particular situation and, and kind of reconnect with, um, what it is I love doing. And I've always loved writing ever since I was a kid. And I loved kind of that theatric side and that, um, like getting in the shoe, like getting in other people's shoes and seeing the world through their lenses, which is, you know, a lot of what copywriting is. Um, but you're right. Like it, it was kind of, I needed to find me again. And, um, you know, and along the way, as, as great of experiences that I had, and even the hard experiences that I had, and I've had a number of hard ones, um, like the things that I loved never lasted long enough, you know, 
corporate changes all the time. Priorities change, roles change, you, you know, they, they shift you into other positions. And um, when I found something I loved, like it wasn't that long before they would shift that off or have me go into this other place. And so I realized like, I really wasn't as much as I thought I was driving the car of my career. I really, you kind of are and you kind of aren't, but very different than when you're an entrepreneur. For sure. So what's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? I have not, I have not, um, what am I trying to say? Favorite thing of being an entrepreneur is I have not dreaded a Monday since I left my corporate job. I I'm well rested. I mean, there are seasons like right now with copywriting, um, with my clients, it's, we're going through a bit of an end of year surge. Uh, I, I write a lot in the health and wellness space. And so this is like the peak season for them, you know? And so, um, so there's a lot going on and it can feel, you can feel that kind of stress to, that you want to be able to serve your clients well. Um, but I sleep well, I'm well rested. I don't, I don't dread a Monday. Like if I need to go in and go see my, um, you know, my mom or my grandparents, I can, I can duck out early and, or adjust my work schedule to, as long as I'm getting it done, it becomes very deliverable focused and like, like results focused instead of, am I spending a certain, like a set number of hours in my seat at my desk? And I, I like that mindset because it's like, okay, if, if I can get this done, then it becomes about how efficient am I? If I can get this project done, you know, in four hours, then I can duck out. Um, but if it, if I lollygag around and it takes me eight, then I, I stay until it's done. Right. Freedom. That's what I heard in that freedom. freedom. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. I haven't found it yet. Cause I keep, I, I blocked off calendar time, like specific, you know, like meditation, go for a walk and all that. Um, and Is I what? what, well, a good amount of time when I do it best is when I wake up at one or three in the morning, like I've been doing. Um, I love, well, I love the early morning. The problem is like my team is in the Philippines, for example. So we're off. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like their lunch break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's just my, my mind is also going a lot. I think it's the stage and where I'm at. Right. Like I just started a second company within the last four months, kind of on accident, like had no intention of I'm going to own a virtual assistant business and just the entrepreneurial journey just took me there. Right. So I'm still getting my legs, I guess. No, that I, I, I think that you're spot on is that, um, you hit at something that I've had to kind of rein in for myself as well, which is I have all these ideas and it's like all these ideas are just coming forth and and I could probably start like, four or five different companies. And, but there's, I would never sleep then because it's shutting your brain off. Like it can get during those really intense seasons. It's, it's tough to shut your mind down and yeah, you're starting a second company is that's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's been wonderful. And one of the points I was going to make, and I'm going to ask you this question. I'll give you kind of my example. So what is one of the things that you like best about being an entrepreneur versus corporate America. So for me, one of the things that's important, my team in the Philippines, they're all independent contractors. They didn't know each other, but I onboarded them and created a team. So they all help each other. They all talk. They all feel like they have ownership in the business. And I let them make decisions. Like that's one of the biggest things. They're experts on 
the things they're experts on, why would I challenge them or not give them the freedom to show me how amazing they are, right? So that's one of my big, I don't know, core values, like is to make sure that they never feel how I felt at times. The, you hired me to be the expert, but you're second guessing me or I'm giving you financial proof. Like literally we're like, here's the numbers and still there's no validation or moving the needle and it's fear and it's politics and it's all the things. Right. But so that's kind of my example of, of the foundation I've set outside of there. It's a good one. It's yeah. I think, you know, I think freedom is a big one that a lot of entrepreneurs um, enjoy, but I think what you hit on is, is it, it's something true for me too, is, um, I don't have a full-time, like a, a, a full-time team, but I do have, um, I do have my support that I rally around me. And, and I, you know, I work with, uh, editors, I work with web developers, um, at some point I will probably need a VA. And so, um, you know, there you, you end up building out your team and, and the team looks very different than, than hiring a full-time staff, for example, or even a part-time, you know, certain staff. And so, um, but you know, you're right that, you have the opportunity to, to treat people better and to invest in them in a different way than, than what you were invested in. And you also have the ability to like choose who you want to, to pour into, you know, and if you like if the sky's the limit on kind of what areas you want to if international or different groups, you know, if you want to, if you want to help, you know, brand new entrepreneurs who are just starting out, who just need to have like a break in, like it's, it's really a cool place to be, to, to build up your own business enough that you can then turn it around and, and help others kind of like realize their dreams too. I really appreciate how your brain works. Like I'm so dialed into what you're saying and you're very, we got it. We got it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, you, you triggered another thing, you know, you don't get to pick your support staff in corporate America either. And when you said pouring into someone, there was someone that I tried so hard. You can only do so much, like you need the support. So you really invest and then there's the whole take it personally, but you can't show that you're taking it personally. It's not personal. It's not you. It's business. Yeah. So I really would like everyone to get to know your, your work a little more. So can you talk about like, what, what does your customer look like? Who do you help? You know, is it more the little guy, you know, tell, tell us a little about that. Sure. So, um, I, I partner with, I I'm going for those partnerships where, um, and I think, I think most entrepreneurs have, have felt this at some point where, they're, they're overwhelmed with all there is to do and, and running a business. They, um, you know, their to-do list never gets shorter. They, they know that writing copy is important for their business, but you know, when it comes down to sitting down at the keyboard, um, you know, I've, I've called it the, the sludge where they have like the passion and they can just speak about like what they, what they do all day long and, and they can just talk, talk, talk about it. And it's awesome but something happens between their head and their hands. And as like that message and that passion like flows down to their fingers to try to type it, they freeze and it just, they get paralyzed and they don't know how to, to write or get it done. Um, and to, to translate that same passion across in the written word in a way that will grab their readers. So one of the things that, um, that I have just recently started was a, a copy club. So I have my ASAP copy club, which is for, those overwhelmed entrepreneurs who really want those time-saving hacks on how to write their copy better and faster. 
Um, but in addition to that, needs some short-term pressure release as well. Because uh, one of the things that I learned was, um, you know, learning to write copy is a great, you know, long-term game. But, you know, when you're overwhelmed, what's the first thing to go? You don't send your email newsletters. You don't, you know, you don't post on social media. It becomes like crickets there. And so um, what I do in the, in the copy club is help entrepreneurs close those gaps. And so that's kind of one group is where um, you have entrepreneurs who still want to be able to, to, to write their own copy, um, but just need a little help up and it's at an affordable price point. Um, the other bucket is those like more established businesses, like still small business owner, either a solopreneur or a, um, you know, maybe a, just a small team um, who want to take an all off their plate, who are like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't either know how to do it. I know how to do it and don't want to deal with it. Or I just, I don't even want to think about it. Like, I just need you to, to like, just deal. <laughs> Like those are the ones I usually write for. And so, um, but the commonality is that there, there's a lot going on and they're overwhelmed and they want to, they're looking for an extension, a, a team um, without necessarily bringing someone on in-house. That might be why we're so connected. We have the same ideal client, right? Like we want to help the ones that need the overwhelm released. So our mission is the same. Our tactics are a little different. So right. that makes sense in our, in our thinking. I'm going to ask you a writer question because you triggered this when you were talking about the sludge. So some of my mentors in the book writing arena have said things about like when you're writing, you just write and you let it all flow and you don't worry about the editing. I almost, I understand the overwhelm piece, but I almost wonder, is there something, because this is the way I am. I'm definitely more analytical in numbers than I am creative. Um, I was a floral person at my career. So I should be more creative than I really am. But I always was that, I don't know, left brain or whatever you say. So there's this premise of the creative flow to write and then the stress of all the business things. So I almost wonder, like when you were visually doing that, is it almost like they can't switch sides of the brains too? So it's kind of a writer question. Does that make sense? Am I on the right track? You think? I th so I think, I think it's a couple things, um, which, you know, my heart goes out to, to those who suffer writer's block, because I, I have some, I have some theories on why this is. I think it's what you, what you said, where switching brains is tough. Um, I think switching from like your task list to something that's more like creative and, and psychology driven and all that is tough. Um, I also think when you write copy, it's very different than whenever you, how we were taught to write in school. So if you think about how, think back to when you were in high school and you had to write research papers, you do, you know, they were very, um, very structured, very, uh, very formal. Um, you couldn't have grammar slips, like your grammar had to be perfect. You had, um, you know, your title sentence and all this like supplemental fluff to like support the main sentence. Uh, and, you know, you better not end in a prepositional phrase, things like that. Now, when you like switch to copy, it's like the total reverse. You're supposed to write how you talk. Grammar can side. Um, you want to make sure that it's short and punchy and instead of like long, elaborate and fluffy. And so I think, um, I think there's this pressure to like there's this kind of internal, maybe even in my total guess is at a subconscious level of you're fighting your training and your upbringing and how you're, you're taught to write versus like, that's why I think like there's a difference in how you talk. Like you could talk about your passion, but if you had to write your passion, you're probably going to kind of veer back towards 
your training of like when you're in school versus just writing, you know, so what I, what I recommend for business owners to kind of help overcome that is, um, is to voice text it into their phone. And that helps to at least get it out in conversation. Um, I love your idea about uh, what what your, your book writing friends were saying about just get it out. Um, uh, Jody Picoult had this saying, and I'm going to butcher her quote, but I love it. Uh, she said that, you know, you can't edit a blank page. And so the first thing is you got to get it out. So just you purge it out of you, whether that's, you know, sitting and writing, sometimes sitting and writing feels too linear and too hard. So like voice texting it into a phone is great. Um, you know, so you just, you just got to purge it and do not edit whenever you do this. Like they're, they're a hundred percent, right? Like don't edit. Uh, when you let it sit for a bit, then you can come back and you can trim it, edit it, polish it, like, and do all those, those things to get it ready. But at first you got to get it out of you and you're fighting some things, you're fighting switching sides of your brain, you're fighting, you know, your background and how you were taught, things like that. So it could be not your fault. Well, that's awesome. But I love your philosophy. It makes a lot of sense to me. It it really does. And what just went through my head there was, and I, I said this to somebody, you know, like with the whole COVID and schools and delayed and some kids are learning well at home and some aren't and all those things. And I was like, these kids are learning things that are amazing that are going to propel their careers that all 40 year olds like me are trying to figure out how to use Google calendar and uh, technology with zoom. And, and you just said it, I think it's going to be the same thing with copywriting. Cause that's how they're lear- like, they're not going to be programmed the way that we were programmed in school. As it's going to, it's going to be interesting because um, yeah, I, I think cause they're, they, this, these gen, this, the generations now, um, like they grew up entirely on technology. And so they're used to writing, but you know, like how you write on, um, on text is still also very different than how, you, you know, cause you get a lot more slang and a lot more. So there, there's still some like rules and parameters like uh, on copy. I wouldn't say it's like at necessarily like as informal as like texting. Um, I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It's kind of like a, it's going to be interesting how the, how it evolves, right? Like as the youth grow up and start getting, you know, starting their businesses and their communications, like how is that going to ebb and flow? Cause it's all about knowing your target audience and talking to them. So, yeah, I don't know. That's the thing I love about copywriting is that um, the ways that you talk to people evolve and the ways that, that you can connect and, and reach um, are constantly, they're changing. And, you know, it's just, humans are fascinating and how you, you get to them with words is fascinating and frustrating, but mostly <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> I love that. I can relate to that. Is there anything you want to share that I haven't thought to ask you? I'm enjoying our conversation, even though it had no real place to go. <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, if I, if I had to give any advice or, or tips to, you know, if you have entrepreneurs who are listening in, um, it would be to encourage them and say, you know, you, what you're doing is hard and it is the road less traveled. And, um, the journey that you're on is, is remarkable. And whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned person, it's, um, it's definitely, it's, it's a challenging, it's a challenging, but so incredibly rewarding road. And, you know, from a copy standpoint, um, just it's finding your voice and then speaking in the voice that, that will resonate with your, with your person. There are tips and tools and, and tactics that you can do to do that, or you can 
you know, have for that. And I would be happy to share, you know, some tips to, to help kind of get them going. But, um, just more of an encouragement. Cause I think entrepreneurs need some encouragement. Cause like, it's a lot. <laughs> it is it's a lot. Sometimes, you know, when you ask the question, what is it that you love? Um, like about more about being an entrepreneur than in corporate, there are times that from a corporate standpoint, it would, it's nice to walk away and you shut down your inbox. It's nice to know that when you take vacation, you have a paid vacation and you can leave and someone else has got you. But you know, when you're an entrepreneur, um, you have, you can't, there's no walking away, not easily, you know, and if you take a vacation, there's probably, there's, unless you have kind of backups in place, um, there's repercussions to that. And so, uh, the benefits still to me so far outweigh the cost and the, you know, kind of some of those downsides. But, um, but I think like, I remember being told when I am early on, uh, when starting my company that being an entrepreneur is a lonely, it can be a lonely place to be. And, um, uh, you and I are fortunate to have, you know, a really great support and network around us. So um, I just want to encourage any of the entrepreneurs right now that are feeling just a little sad and beat down um, and feeling really overwhelmed with all there is to do. Like you, you've got people around you, you know, you've got like, rally your team. I love that. It's, it's so mindful and you're right. It's probably not addressed enough. And I'm probably talking to myself more than I'm talking to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all need to hear it. I just left a meeting and it's, it's with a coach and there's only a half a dozen of us in there. And we really, it's more than just the, the tactics and the, the stuff, right? Like it's how we feel and we do all those struggles are real. The limiting beliefs, how we, you know, feel asking people for money, how we feel about our own skill set, the to do, like there's so many things and it is nice. And, and you're right. Not everybody has communities like we do. Um, and if you're listening, get some community. Um, entrepreneurs definitely love helping other entrepreneurs. Well, and it's also from a community standpoint, I'm plugged into other copywriters and I'm plugged into other entrepreneurs and both provide incredible value. So make sure that your, your community also includes people that are in your industry and outside of your industry, because you can, you learn so much more and we're just, we're all just better together. Are you on Instagram? I am. Okay. So you said your copy, you, you had some tricks. Um, and I'm cool with you sharing them. If you still have time to hang out and, and talk about them. Um, and also we'll make sure that we get them connected. I'm imagining your content includes some of your wise secrets. Am my I guessing right? Secrets. Am I guessing right? My copywriting magic skills. Yeah. It's like voodoo. <laughs> voodoo. Yeah, it is. But minus the little dolls that you stick pins in. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, if, um, yeah, I have Instagram, I have Facebook, LinkedIn, I can be found on all those. So, um, I don't know if in your pod, in your podcast, do you drop the notes? Like, do you drop the links in the notes? Yeah. We'll um, have the links attached to both the audio and the video where we're at, uh, okay. as well as leading up to you. We're going to be blowing you up on our social. So your contact information will be on all my platforms as well. Okay. Awesome. Easy for everybody. That is easy for everybody. Yeah. Um, I was going to, so the two main things that I would encourage folks to check out, I have a, um, a, an infographic on my website that it has tips to help with copywriting, but I also included a number of free resources that 
are my go-to ones, um, like my go-to websites to help me write, help me improve my writing. So, um, there's things like, like a website to check how conversational is your, your copy. Like you want to shoot for that middle school range. Well, how do you know if you're in that zone? So there's a, um, a link on there that takes you to a, a free website where you can have your copy analyzed. Um, there's, you know, play, free plagiarism checkers. There's, um, you know, royalty free. There's sites to get royalty free photography for free. Um, to use in your copy, there's a whole, a whole slew, like um, headline optimizers, email subject line optimizers. These are all free websites that I use all the time in writing my copy that help save me time and take the pressure off. Um, on there. So yeah, if you go to that link, you can enter in your information. Um, they'll, they'll put you on my email list and I'm, um, kind of revamping how I'm doing my, uh, my emails. I want to be able to provide a lot more free, um, tips and tricks and tools to, to get anyone who wants to know writing copy better. So that would be what I would recommend is to get, get on the list, get that download. Um, and then you can start using those free resources. That sounds amazing. It sounds just, just what you're describing. I'm trying to write my first ads and um, I'm struggling with the pictures. I'm struggling with, with a couple of different things. Like I, I like the challenge of it. I want to, cause I want to see the game, like the game with the numbers in the background to see impressions yeah. and conversions and all that. Like there's my numbers mind. Right. right. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And, and how does what I say impact? that like I knew how to do that with flowers I don't know how to do it completely in this world so and it's tough because like the platforms change so like if you're advertising on on Facebook you've got to like play within their rules and you can't say certain things and you know you have to be careful in how you phrase things but if you're you know you're advertising on on Google the rules are different so it's um it's an interesting, like, it's interesting to learn and factor in all those rules, what you, what you can and can't include in your emails because it could get flagged as spam. Um, so they actually have websites that I don't, I haven't been able to find a good free one yet. Um, but so I may just have to pay for it at some point, but it runs your text through their tool and it flags any words that could be marked as spam, like could send your email, your entire email into the spam folder. So wow. there's, yeah, there's all these things to think about that you just can't click send and and go. So I try to I try to make those a little bit more understood um, for my clients, but it's hard because it it constantly changes. Yeah, I was warned early on because my first company is around gambling addiction awareness, and my social guy was worried that me having the words gambling in there might flag me because they might think I'm trying to promote gambling instead of. Yeah. not promote it. But then I get all pissed off at all those game commercials where they say they pay you. That's all gambling. Anyway. Um, if they can make it, my messaging needs to get on there. Um, I, I'm with my, one of my friends, um, just had her book published and she can't even advertise it on Facebook because of one word in her title that is banned. Like her, her book is banned on Facebook. So, <laughs> cause she, oh. Yeah. It's like, which is, which is ironic because her book is about part of her book is about reclaiming language. And, um, the irony is her book is banned because of, of part of her title. But can you share that word with us or am I being too nosy? I don't know if, if your group, if your people can handle it. No, it has the word bitchy in the title oh. so because it has profan I guess profanity flags it. And Yeah. 
Yeah, one of my friends has a book. Alcohol is S H pound sign T. And that so didn't, did they not let that one go? They, well, I've seen them advertise it. We talk about it all the time. I don't know that he pays for ads that way. Well, cause I know like, um, the, the book, the subtle art of not giving an F like that has the asterisk too. And I feel like I've seen those ads. Yeah. But this completely spells out the word as part of the title. There's no like asterisk on it. So she just needs a new cover with some, if it needs to change the rules. No. <laughs> well, there's that, but make the I an exclamation point or something. I don't know, but that's yeah. the point, right. A word around, some kind of word. Yeah. The, the tip or the, I guess the reminder is to always, always know the rules you're having to whose playground you're in and what the rules are there. Yeah. I'm just starting to take the Facebook blueprint that I just didn't even know existed until about a week ago. Um, and I'm, I can only handle it in like 10 minute little intervals because it's yeah. not, it's complex. Yeah. And I probably still ain't getting it. I'll have to take it a few more times, but at least there's some awareness around this stuff. So thank you for bringing that up. That was important. So I have my last question. If you're good. Okay. What is your favorite book? Oh dear. Like my favorite copywriting book or my favorite book book? No, like what would you tell the audience to read book? Like for, for cop, I mean, like, cause I have my copywriting favorite and then I have like a recent, a book that I read recently this year that popped into mind immediately, but it's like a murder mystery. My aunt, um, I, I don't know what book club she's in, but I want to be in her book club. Let me get the author of it. Um, it's such a good book. Like I, I, I even, I sent a copy to my grandmother and I sent a copy to my mom and my mom and I had the same exact reaction when we were reading that we got to the same part and both of us at our respective homes, like stood up and went, what? And like finished the book standing. Like it was, it's like just that gripping. Um, it's called the silent patient by Alex. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to get the name, last name, right. Michaelides. It's like M I C H A E L I D E S. Okay. Silent patient. If you like, um, if you like murder mysteries, it's great. entertainment weekly. I'm just reading on Amazon, an unforgivable Hollywood bound new thriller, a mix of Hitchcockian suspense, Agatha Christie plotting and Greek tragedy. It's really good. Okay. I, uh, I used to love, I like like Mary Higgins Clark and oh yeah, that kind of mystery stuff. I'm noticing the older I get living alone, I don't go too far into thrillery kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one, the, this silent patient is one. Um, I could read that one at night, like in my house by myself and feel, I mean, it, it can get kind of like, Ooh, it's more of a psychological thriller. Like it's not a, um, it's not like, like reading a book on Jack the Ripper or something. It's not like, like horror kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I will, uh, I think it's going to be fun as part of, um, as part of the content, as part of everybody getting to know everybody, the book thing. And I guess I kind of thought I'd hear some of the stereotypical answers and so far I haven't. So I like, Oh, good. Yeah. So this is fun. 
because well, I have, I love to read and I go through, sometimes I go through dry spells and all, but this year has been like the resurgence of mystery novels. And so I've been just kind of drinking those lately. Love it. Love it. Well, Ashley, thank you for all your time and all your value. I like totally enjoyed this and we'll make sure that everybody has access to you. I'm going to be on your email list because I need those tips and tricks and tools. <laughs> yeah, I have it. I'm going to be um, at the end of 2020 right now, but um, I'm going to be doing and I haven't even announced it yet, but um, I'm calling it like the 2020 hot mess express where it's like, we got to get off this train going into 2021 and it's going to be e an email series um, with like free tips and, and tricks and guides and, and resources for my email list to be able to, um, help them kind of leapfrog over some of their copy stuff, either help them write or both help them write better, faster, and also give them some time saving stuff that, um, can kind of just help them get some things done. So that sounds awesome. Very ingenious. I'm excited about it. Love it. And you'll get it because you're going to hop on my email. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I have a feeling I'm going to get a lot of value from there. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs>